Hi friends, welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am Angelica Yard. And I am Charisma O'Keefe and we are here every Thursday talking to you about business, entrepreneurship, balance, and all sorts of wonderful things. And if you're listening to the podcast and you want to connect with us more, you can always reach out to us on Instagram and Facebook at Heart and Hustle Podcast, or sometimes we're on Twitter at Heart Hustle Pod. And then you can use the hashtag Boss So Hard everywhere, but especially on Instagram to show us what you're up to, because we really love connecting with our listeners, seeing the projects you're working on, getting to know more about your businesses and offering any support that we can. Yep. I mean, it's been an interesting week. So it's been a long week. It's been a long week. We are at the end of May. We're going into June. So if you guys are working towards summer goals, we would love to hear about them. Um, yeah, I gotta oh, do that. I have a review. We sent. I actually looked at the reviews the other week, and I sent them to her, and I was like, "People are so nice." So we will read one that we got in May. Sorry that we haven't read all of them, you guys. We, we're doing the best that we can uh, during this time, but I was like oh everyone's being so nice because my friend had started listening to the Gilmore guys and they always like sing their reviews I guess that was the thing on Gilmore guys so uh one from Sarah who said I highly recommend listening to this podcast for inspiration and Jelita and Charisma and their guests are very valuable discuss very valuable and relatable content which I thought was Super nice. So shout out to anyone who has left a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just click on our podcast in your, which is funny because it's still an iTunes player, right? Uh, your iTunes player, you go look up the podcast, you can leave a rating and a review. And that is how other people find us. Um, you can always obviously share from Spotify, if you're listening to Spotify or Amazon into your Instagram or your Twitter or wherever you share your information you can blog about us we'll read any blog you want to write about us it's fine so the more you can share each and every single review we do i read them all actually like i sat down and read them all because it had been a little bit just because i don't know it's the internet and you know we got stuff that we have to discuss on our patreon about some other stuff that popped up but yeah i was like these are people are so nice so thank you guys for being kind and sticking with us during the pandemic a lot of you found us last year which is surprising because i felt like they kept saying podcasting was dead last year, but I feel like last year was such a good year for us yeah. as our comeback year. So for you, those of you who sat through it and listened with us and have enjoyed and stuck around, we appreciate all of you for just sticking around and coming through. So thanks for doing and that. Hey, they've said podcasting is dead, blogging is dead. I mean, they've said everything is Print dead. Print is dead. But yeah. And to me, I'm like, at the end of the day, if you're really enjoying what you love, you're going to find people that it resonates with if you're doing it from, you know, the right place in your heart, basically. Um, and if you stay consistent with it, which we have, because we've been doing this for five years. So I think, you know, to that, it's just like, it's to me, I just love podcasting. I love just being able to connect with people like our guests that we connected to today. I love being able to talk to you about stuff and feeling kind of like we have this, you know, large group of friends, like our listeners who feel like friends to me, who we don't necessarily always get to talk to, but they get to hear us. And so when we do meet listeners, it's so fun because they already kind of know a little bit about us. So we get to then know about them and just feel that much closer to them that much faster. So yeah, I, I think it's a great uh, medium. I love this platform. And I think that if anybody is thinking about starting a podcast, do it. You will not regret it. It's a lot. Yeah. So uh, our guest today is super informative. She's very thorough in talking about nonprofits. So if you 
been thinking about if Christmas sparked that interest in you. This is the episode to kind of follow up with Anna and Christmas episode from last year. So I will link that in the show notes if you didn't get to hear that episode. Because I think these would, that would be a good compare. Like, yeah, pairing. because the, Anna and I were at the very beginning, guys. So we were like in the thick of it, really starting out and, you know, learning everything about it. Whereas our guest today has been doing this for five years. So they're an expert in this field. Um, so you can kind of see the difference of like, if you're just starting out, you know, that episode will help you. But this episode for me, really being at the beginning still of this journey is a lot of like what's to come and, you know, what to do next. So I, I learned a lot, a lot, a lot. I t- took notes the entire time, to be quite honest. Yeah. So if you do have a nonprofit, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram and share what, that with us or email us at um, heartandhustlepodcast.gmail.com. We will take a look at that and kind of shout you guys out because we are wanting to support and uplift, obviously, people who are doing this work that is oftentimes so grueling and thankless. And so we don't want you to think that you're efforts are in vain but yeah this is the episode to listen to so be sure to sit down take your notes get your notebook uh, get some coffee or tea and we will see you guys next week friends we are so excited to have ashley cortez here today on the podcast we've already talked like 20 minutes before we're supposed to This is going to be exciting. So Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. And for our listeners who are not familiar with you and your nonprofit and your work, let them know about you and your brand. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, my name is Ashley Cortez, and I am the founder of the Stay Beautiful Foundation, which is a Chicago-based nonprofit organization delivering free boxes of beauty products to women undergoing cancer treatment. And we conquer cancer with beauty. Our mission is to make women feel beautiful while undergoing treatment, providing them with a fun and exciting unboxing experience because who doesn't love getting packages? I think this past year, I get so excited for my Amazon packages. Same. Just, right? When we, we fill them with, with leading beauty brand products that are, we typically try to make sure that we are very, very mindful of what we're putting in these subscription boxes so that it's completely specific to our beauties um, and what they're going through during their cancer journey. To date, we have a community of hundreds of women who have been affected by cancer and we have delivered thousands of free beauty boxes since 2018. Um, and so this year, it's it's all about, this is actually our fifth year in business. We started in 2016, um, just kind of like doing a lot of research, being in the baby stages, but this is actually our fifth year in business. Um, and so we're excited to, that the world is opening up and we can kind of get back to our, our normal operations of business and beauty. No, that's super amazing. amazing. Congratulations on five years. Like that's... Whew, five years of running Oof. a nonprofit, I know, is no it's joke. a labor of love. <laughs> yes, a very much a labor of love, for sure. Yeah. As someone who's at, like, the very beginning of that stage, um, you know, I look forward to the next five years, but I'm just like, wow, I can't even imagine the work and dedication that has gone into the past five years, especially, like, having to continue on through the pandemic when we've had so many issues with mail and with suppliers and things like mm-hmm. that. So I know it's definitely had to have been a challenge, and I'm so glad that, you know, you all, like, made it through strong because it's such an important mission that you're doing. Um, you. So tell me a little bit more about the inspiration behind the Stay Beautiful Foundation? And what was the process like of getting started five years ago? Phew, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll start off with the inspiration and then we can get into the, the process. Um, you know, my grandmother was a, I, oh, 
by the way, I know this is a podcast and no one can see me, but I always have a picture of my grandmother very close by that I kind of like glance when I tell this story every time. So anyone that's that's doing something that has a purpose, I always say, like, keep that at your desk to, as a motivation. Mm-hmm. But um, my grandmother was a black entrepreneur, black woman back back in the day, guys. This is like before the recession. Um, and she owned a spa on Michigan Avenue in Chicago. For those of you that are familiar like with the Chicago area, it was in the South Loop area. Um, and she, you know, loved to make people feel beautiful. And I was so inspired by her guys. This was like a 10 room spa. Like I'm, I'm like a young, like, you know, biracial girl, but I identify as a black woman. Like I'm a young black girl. And I'm like, man, I get my nails done all the time. And like, I have a little job cause I get to, you know, like take out the trash and do small things. Like it felt like I felt so blessed to be able to see my grandmother own a spa. Like, and, and I don't think that's something that's very like, you know, it's, it's not very common, like in, in our community. And I always just was like, wow, like she's inspired me to just hustle. Like, and she just had so much heart for making people feel beautiful. And, um, I, I just loved, you know, seeing her make people feel beautiful. And when she got diagnosed with esophageal cancer, you know, I, things switched a little bit. She wasn't at the spa as often. And so she would go to Northwestern, which is one of the best hospitals for for women, specifically in cancer um, in Chicago. And she would be like, girl, I do not know what they expect me to do with this, this travel size lotion. Like my hair is falling out, my nails falling out, my skin is dry, you know, bring me this, this, and this from the spa. And she'd have like, this was before texting guys. So like, this was like a long, like, you know, she wrote it down on a piece of paper. And I had to like go get it. Well, it was before she started texting. Let me say that. Um, and so when I would bring it back, we would just kind of bond over beauty. And it was just like a beautiful thing to just kind of like give her a hand massage, like, you know, give her a face massage, like give her a quick facial, like do her nails, things like that. Um, and I just realized like how much that would uplift her. And a lot of people like to visit her. You know, she was an entrepreneur. She was a socialite. So she like loved having people visit her. And so she didn't feel great when people would come visit her and she didn't feel like she looked like herself. Um, And we never really did like makeup, but more so just like that, like kind of inner glow beauty. Um, And when she passed away, I kind of was just talking to my mom one day about it. And I was like, yeah, it's like doctors come in and they prescribe for the for the disease, but who prescribes for the soul? And Stay Beautiful has filled that. We believe that we do that by providing like all natural wellness and beauty products with uplifting sayings and cards and a community um, to be able to deliver beauty boxes every single month to women to make them feel inspired because I don't want any woman to not feel beautiful going through this journey. They have so many things that can make them feel inside so many ugly words that are put to them. Like you have this much to live or, you know, just it's, it's such an ugly disease. And we try to be that one piece of beauty in our beauties lives. We call them beauties. Um, so that, that's a little bit about like where, where it started. And I, I kind of just started going to target and getting like different beauty products and putting them in boxes and trying them out and reading the ingredients because that's really key and that's really important with so many chemicals going into their body from chemo and from um, radiation and just like medicine. We wanted to make sure what they were putting on them felt pure, but allowed them to glow, to glow through what they're going through. That's one of our uh, mantras. And so um, I started, you know, 2016, super, super nervous guys and talk about the process fear, 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 fear. Like when I tell you 2016, it was like, what am I going to put in the box and, and who am I going to give it to? And I started off with family and friends. 
um, and kind of like took the end of 2016 until like 2017 to kind of do prototypes, think about what the sticker looks like, the logo looks like, the branding, how it felt. Um, and then 2018 is when we really started to like operationalize and start sending boxes um, and start getting requests. Fast forward to today, we have about, um, I think to date, I checked this morning, we have about 850 women like in our database and growing every single day um, of women who are requesting boxes. But unfortunately, we had to cut it off at 500 um, because we are scaling at such a rapid pace. Um, we, we have 500 women that we send boxes to every month and we have about like 350 on a wait list right now. Um, and we're hoping to encourage our donors, um, by allowing them to, you know, give to us and we can get into this a little bit more charisma, but give to, and talk about nonprofits and how to get donors. But as we're scaling, we, we need to change like our messaging and, and share that. So, uh, that's a little bit about the, the process. Let me know if, if I kind of chimed in on everything. Yes, definitely. That's first of all, I, you know, to circle back, I'm obsessed with your grandmother, like having owned, you know, a beauty shop, because I feel like, especially like, you know, as black women, we often aren't the ones owning that, even though mm -hmm. our movement, we're the ones that are creating the style, the change, the inspiration, and, and not actually being able to own it. So we see other people coming in to these markets and you know it's it's very it's a very well known like fact that you know yeah. it tends to be you know other people that are building in black neighborhoods and you know kind of reaping those benefits and so i absolutely love that that's something that she did and that you got to have that experience and honestly that she taught you about self care cuz that's something that i've kind of been like learning so much before like lately is just kind of like how it's generational to learn self-care mm -hmm. and like yes. I did not really learn it a ton from my mom because she didn't really take care of herself a ton she was a single mom yeah. and like she would kind of put that stuff like on the back burner mm -hmm. so we didn't have like rituals and stuff that we would do together for self-care and mm -hmm. that's really something that like I want to create with my children one day it's something that like my husband and I have created together now like it sounds silly but it's like at night I literally do his like skincare routine and he helps yeah. me with because it's just so important to have those little rituals to take care of yourself. And I love that you said, like, you know, who prescribes for the soul? Because it's so true that when you're going through something physical, it's incredibly mental. Like, it's mm -hmm. so mental. I've had, you know, a few health issues throughout the years. And I've been much, you know, I've been lucky for the most part. But I remember being um, in for a CT scan and, you know, we had found this mask. We didn't know what it was. I was really worried. I insisted that I could go in and do the CT scan like myself and have no one drive me. Bad call. I was not ready to handle something like that. And I was literally just laying in the CT scan like nothing had happened yet. And I was crying. So I was like not mentally okay with what was going on. So I love that you recognize that it's like, no, it's very important to be taking care of your mental health like self-care and your mental health, like go hand in hand. And when you're going through something physical, that is just absolutely key. Yes. And, and I want to thank you so much for sharing that about like self-care is generational. Um, I think, I think now more than ever, like we're, we're chiming into self-care, right? We're like, okay, like we're, we're in COVID or we're getting out of COVID, like self-care, self-care, but what really is self-care um, and actually like the care and keeping of yourself? I similarly, my mom was a young single mom as well. 
And my grandmother actually had my mother very, very young when she was like 14 years old. And so my grandmother had kind of like had her kids very early on. So by the time that my grandmother was older, I, I actually didn't learn self-care from my mother, but more so from my grandmother, which really created that bond um, because she was, you know, she had her kids like she wasn't struggling anymore. Like she she was older. She kind of got into her like her themes of self-care and she was able to do that. But I, I totally agree. And that's another reason why we're just always trying to provide ways that we can care and keep our like the care and keeping of ourselves also that are like free but there's small things that you can do right like sometimes i think we're in this world of self-care has to be you know getting a hundred dollar facial and that's just not realistic for our beauties or for a lot of black women um like in general yeah i completely agree mm -hmm. like it's a lot of times it's about the simplicity the ritual the taking the time for yourself like time is such a huge part of self-care because so many of us don't want to take the time to actually spend on ourselves or or maybe yeah. don't have time um but i think the earlier you learn to build that into your life routine uh the easier it is for you to be like that's something i won't compromise on in the future you know agreed yeah for sure um i definitely don't so <laughs> <laughs> that's another episode we'll have ashley back to, to uh, yell at me about how poorly i take care of myself so no no we give each other grace it's all a learning process but then, like yell no you can yell at me it's fine but like that's I said, I like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah self-care is just so expensive i mean even like you know when you think about when yoga studios were open like there's i mean they're like 200 yeah just... when they first came like when yoga oh. first became a western commodity it was much like Pilates studios now still are overpriced. You know what I mean? Like it was just this unobtainable thing for people, mm -hmm. you know, just regular people. It was inaccessible. And so now yeah. it's kind of become a, an everyday, you can go in a park and everything. But, you know, in 1997, yeah. you had to pay $200. You had to be in Manhattan or San Francisco or LA, yeah. or, you know what I mean? You did, or Chicago, you know, you had to be in the big city. It wasn't even in Atlanta at that time. So totally yeah. a whole thing but to switch gears a little bit we want to talk about the nonprofit side of the nonprofit. so what has the yeah. process of getting funding and donations to support these amazing women been like for you and then what advice do you have for people who are seeking out funding for their nonprofits? yeah it's it's definitely been a journey um the process of getting funded i say is having a foundation of understanding what your ask is so when I first started like the process of getting funding, um, well, first you have to start off with, you know, getting your um, 501c3 and registering with your state. So there are some things logistically that you have to do there. And thankfully, Google is amazing because you can I, I actually just did everything on Google. I researched it. I uh, reached out to some people that I know that are in the nonprofit world and they helped me navigate through that process. And I have this is on my to do list to actually go through the process and have a YouTube video of some sort that can help people walk through that process and things that need to be checked off before actually getting funding as a 501c3. Um, but once kind of the logistics are done there, just understanding the foundation for the ask. You know, when I when I first started, it was, hey, I just want beauty products. Just, oops, sorry, had a phone call come through. Just, I just really want beauty products. Like, I just, I just need you guys to just give me 50 lip glosses and 100 wipes, like face wipes, things like that. And that was our bread and butter. I was excited to get hundreds of, of products and donations in. But the more that we actually started to ship more boxes, we realized that our ask changed a little bit. Um, we no longer were needing to just, you know, reach out to beauty brands and share what, share what we're doing and ask for product. 
we actually wanted them to be a part of our mission. And I would actually challenge nonprofits, even in the starting stages, when you're thinking about what's that one tangible thing that you're looking for, for us, it was beauty products. How, when you're asking those donors, can you actually ask them to be a part of your mission? Like go beyond it. Um, a friend of mine was coaching me. She's just an amazing individual. And she was like, you should have these brands not only just be in the box, but they can be a part of your community. And we've created a community of women who are now looking for that peer to peer based support. So now we are kind of we're, we're transforming our ask a little bit from, hey, don't just give us like, you know, products as like we're a charity. We want you to be a part of what we're doing where we have a community that's going to be launching by the end of this year where our beauties can talk to each other. Would you like to be involved in that? Would you like to sponsor that? So always think like big picture how these brands, first of all, are aligning to your ask and what that ask is. And it's OK if it transforms over the years. Right. Like I thought we would just be kind of like a small nonprofit and we've grown tremendously. So um, that's kind of like the, I think, the idealistic view of the process of getting funding and donations. But the kind of nitty gritty to it is what I like to do is kind of um, when I do the foundation, I kind of look for things like, hey, like, what are some brands that really align with us? Because what I found is like getting funding and donations are great. But when you get it from brands that don't align as you grow bigger, it really kind of it, it, it's an awkward fit. Right. Like you want to make sure when you have someone that's donating, it's very, very um, clear to your to other donors and also to your to the people in your community why they're sponsoring you. Um, so that's the first thing I do. Getting funding. I say, hey, these are some of our values and these are companies that also mirror a lot of our values. And from there, we actually go and reach out to the chief impact officer at some of these organizations that are very progressive and that have giving um, executives or, um, you know, the CMO of marketing or the, you know, sometimes chief financial officer. It all kind of just depends. And then from there, just kind of like cold pitching and like starting a relationship. We personally have not been a big, huge grant um, foundation. I know that there are a lot of grants out there, but that's another great way that nonprofits can also get funding and donations. Um, grants are amazing. Uh, but for us, it's a little different because uh, usually grants have this thing where they'll say like, you know, it has to include everyone. And so just because we actually only give to women with cancer, sometimes it excludes us from a lot of grants. So we've just been going directly to brands that we align with. Um, and then the last thing I'd say for donation and funding, do not underestimate the power of individual donors in giving. Man, so I really underestimated that the first few years. Like, this is going to be honest. Like, I, I want to, like, I hope to inspire someone to start that nonprofit or to continue on in that nonprofit space as they're as they're listening to this. So I want to be real with you guys. I was like, no, like my friends and family won't donate. Like that's not pop. Like, you know, I just I was like, I want brands. I don't want like individuals. And I think it was because I didn't want to put myself out there and friends and family not support me. I think yeah. that was actually like a mental thing for myself. Um, so I was like, you know, I don't know. Like I was just like, I I I'm not really comfortable in that space. I'm comfortable asking a corporation, but not people that love and care about me and that are supporting me in ways. So I, I changed that mindset. And I actually, one of the best, best advice I can give to anyone starting a nonprofit is there is a, um, there is a platform called Give Lively. I think it's called Give Lively or Gively. I'm super, like some of these names like are super hard with these new, uh, like, uh, yeah, I think it's Give Lively. And I so say, I feel like I've heard of Give Lively before. Give Lively is 
a phenomenal platform. It really changed how we interact with individual donors and it actually impressed our corporate donors. Um, and GiveLively is a platform that makes it easy. We were doing PayPal and I know we were talking with about Give PayPal. Lively, do they have monthly, like can you do monthly giving? Yes, you can do monthly giving. You can do Apple Pay giving, which to me, really, we're in this world of like fast pace. Everything's moving. So if you get an ad to donate to Stay Beautiful on Instagram and you click into it and it's Apple Pay, it's one click. Oh, I can do that. But to, if I have to go get my credit card, I'm like, I got to get off the couch. No, mm -mm, that's not going to happen. You know, and so you have to like understand for us, at least like our people have a lot going on in the world and making it easier for them to give is a way that we can, you know, um, ensure that we are, we are meeting our donors where they are. Um, it also has text to give. So like, which is easy when you're out in an event or when you're just kind of like stopping by, you're like, Hey, like, yeah, text, you can text the word beautiful to four, four, three, two, one, and you can actually donate to say beautiful. Um, and I think taking out the, the heavy lifting, we've seen so many more donors actually donate once we moved away from PayPal, love PayPal, but it was, it was a little, it was a little, um, it, I wouldn't, it was kind of like clunk, like clunky a little bit. Right. Yeah. And then also there's a statistic that if you have something that's embedded to your website and it's a one, one page transaction, it's better than being taken to PayPal. Usually when people go on and they see PayPal for some odd reason, they'll stop the transaction and they're like, mm, I don't know. It's actually a, a, it's a really weird statistic, but I found that and we've been getting so many more donations now that it's embedded with our branding and Give Lively allows you to do that. And then the other thing I love is that Give Lively allows you to actually create a fundraiser. So say, for instance, you guys were like, hey, I want to do a Heart Hustle team um, fundraiser for the Stay Beautiful Foundation in October for breast cancer awareness. You can actually start that from one of our campaigns and you can even have team members. You can invite people to join and contribute to your goal. So you can have a personal goal of like, hey, we're going to raise $100. And you can even invite people like through email, through Facebook. So there's so many ways that this allows nonprofits to meet the donors where they are to make it easy for them. Um, and for that, that has been a huge part of funding and donations for us. So I think the process always is being being um, very, very particular on your ask and on your values of what your brand is. And then from there, finding corporate brands or finding grants. And then lastly, never underestimate um, the power of individual giving through platforms that will allow you to do so easily with Give Lively. You just did my my job for me this week. <laughs> we just recently got our 5013C like, you know, actually approved because it takes so long. Mm -hmm. And so we've been operating, we've been having our board meetings and such since like September. Um, but we literally just got our approval like in the last month. And so Congratulations. Thank you. We're so excited. And like we've been taking donations through we have like a Squarespace that our website mm -hmm. is on. And so we've been able to take them through that which has been fine but one of the things is that we weren't able to take monthly donations and we you're so right about individual um giving because we've already had people come to us and be like we want to give monthly and we're like well technically by law like we can take um money but we can't mm. take monthly just yet um and we have to be certified for that and then we can you know apply through one of the types of places like give lively you know mm -hmm. to be able to take those payments so in doing the research um in trying to find a place so many of the places are like politically aligned 
and they're not really like it was it's been hard to find one that would be best for like a foundation that's you know more similar to the one that we're running Mm -hmm. and i have not seen any of them like i've been between three none of them have had text to give Mm. Um, and none of them have allowed you to do fundraisers. So literally like, as we were talking about it, I was looking at it and I'm like, yep, this is the one, this, this was meant to be like, that's the one I'm signing mm. up for this week. And that was like my main, you know, nonprofit thing to do this week is to sign up for that and make sure we can, you know, have monthly giving. So thank you for doing yes. that research for me. Cause it's, you know, it's hard because there's just, I feel like I've met way more people on the business side of my life than the nonprofit. There's not as many of us, you know, it's starting now, kind of like you were saying, like there's more and more, um, you know, especially black women, people of color, mm-hmm. minority starting nonprofits now. Um, but it's kind of like we're navigating a world that is honestly a very white space and there's a lot mm-hmm. of people in the space. Um, so it's just awesome that you gave all that information because, it's all correct and all amazing um, and just super, super helpful. So thank you for that. (laughs) Of course. And I hope that, you know, anyone else that is in that space checks out Give Lively as well. It's amazing. Um, And uh, there's some other apps as well. I don't know if we want to go into that, that, that I use, that I love, that I like swear by and make my day easier as the founder of a nonprofit. Yes, we are going to get into that in a little bit, but I want to know what is the biggest lesson that you have learned so far from running a nonprofit? Because you've been doing this for five years. That is a solid amount of time being a career. I'm sure you've learned a ton so far. Yes, I will say um, a few things. One is it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, The second piece is giving yourself grace. I've learned to give myself grace because when you're doing the work, of when you're doing like the work of the people for the greater good, you always have to give yourself grace. Um, I think, right? Like, I don't know if, you know, when you're, when you're in this nonprofit space, you're taking on a lot of people's um, needs or ener- like energies and have to show up for others. And so you have to give yourself grace so that you can show up for yourself. You have to show up for yourself so that you can show up for others because that's the work that I'm a spiritual person. That's the work that God has put you on this earth to do. And so the universe, um, whatever higher being has put you on this earth to do. So I would say the two things that I've learned is it is not a sprint. It is a marathon. Um, you know, I remember a, f- a few years back, there was a, a campaign with a woman who also had a similar nonprofit, a little bit different um, from ours. And she was like in Ulta. And I was like, and it was the month of October, which is a big month for us because breast cancer is one of the most prominent within women um, in cancer diagnosis. So I was like, you know, I was so like, oh, my gosh, like I'm never going to get, you know, just self, really negative self-talk. And it's like you just started and you do have amazing partnerships and that could be somewhere that's down the road. Or I even sometimes caught myself like looking at a Susan G. Komen and saying like, and, and being like, oh, man, like, she's been doing this for 30 years. She's been racing for the cure. She, Susan's been racing. Like, <laughs> for a long okay, she's been running a lot of miles, like, you know, and you're five years in this. Celebrate, what celebrate. Yeah, celebrate each mile. And remember, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. I have not yet ran a marathon, but um, it's on my to-do list just to do because I think that it's a good, we talk about mental, um, it, it's just a great mental mm-hmm. exercise. Um, and then, 
and yeah, secondly, just give yourself grace. You know, I find myself like, oh man, like we didn't, we didn't get this out today or we didn't do this. This is, we're doing this work of the people for free. And, um, this, you know, I think in our stage, I think as you get into a nonprofit that like hospitals, obviously that's a little bit different, but for us, you know, for me being a founder, I have to give myself grace to give, to continue to give to all of our wonderful beauties and to have this continue to grow. So I would say those are the two things that I've learned um, in these past five years. Yeah. Giving yourself grace is so important. Um, and I can completely understand the comparing thing, but like, girl, you've been running a nonprofit for five years. Yeah, like, I'm like, you're still doing it. So thank yeah. you for continuing doing work. That, that is, is hard. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. You know, I think um, it, it is hard, but it's, it's sometimes I look at it as exciting because it's like room for us to grow. Like I mentioned, we were just specifically our bread and butter was boxes. We wanted to be like, we just want to send boxes to send boxes. And our beauties had let us know, like, we want more than boxes. We kind of want, like, we want to know, like, the other women that are getting these boxes. And we want to know what we should put on our hair when we are going through chemo. Or we want to know, like, how are we going to have conversations with our kids when, um, you know, we have to shave, when we come home with the, with the head shaved because, like, we are going to shave our hair because it's eventually going to fall out, like, we've seen that it's kind of nice because we've seen that through a box through one through one delivery we've delivered kind of this this community that we are bringing together at the end of this year um with kind of an online peer-to-peer based uh support community so it's kind of it it is hard but then sometimes you look at like the work and it's like oh man like this is exciting we still have so much more to go yeah for sure and you know what like We do a lot of work with nonprofits, um, you know, from a branding perspective, from a consulting perspective, and the people who run nonprofits truly are our favorite clients. Nine times out of (laughs) ten, we're always telling people, we're screaming from the rooftops, we're just championing these causes because it takes so much work, but you are putting in the work that will, it leaves a legacy. It leaves a mark. It's someone who's lost family members. You can't like, it's just on any type of help, anything as small Thank as, you. you know, someone would say, Oh, this is just a small thing. It's like, no, anything <laughs> changes a person's life when they're experiencing a, an illness that keeps them from yeah. being them. You know what I mean? Like it just takes them from yeah. themselves. So, Oh man, I can go on for for hours, but I'm going to ask, you know, we're Thank in 2021 yes. new year. Uh, trying to get past the pandemic. I don't know if we're going to get there this year, but maybe next year, but we're, we're in the process of moving forward as a, as a community, as a country. Um, so what goals do you have for this day, beautiful foundation this year? Yeah, I've kind of alluded at a, a few of them. Our North star, again, I can't say it enough is creating that community. We are getting so many direct messages, DMS, Instagram messages, like Facebook messages, emails with people asking asking for support in other ways. So this box has opened up, literally has opened the box of so many other questions. And we want to go beyond the box. We want to go beyond the box. We want to go outside of it. And we want to create this, um, this community. And so what we'd like to do is kind of like have a community that's a safe space just for our beauties. And what that means is they can post pictures that they may not feel comfortable posting on Instagram. Um, you know, sharing different things that they may like. And of course, there's like a closed Facebook group, but we really want them to feel a part of our brand, a part of our branding. We want to have it on lock in what's said and how it's moderated. 
And so that's a huge, huge goal that we have for 2021. And when we talk about um, a, a couple other goals that align with that is we're changing the way we're asking our donors. We used to ask, hey, can we can we get 500 of your extra products that you were going to, you know, maybe like donate anyway um, or that you can't sell? Like we're changing that now to, hey, you are a part of something that's bigger than something that's just going in a box. We are creating this community and we're trying to align with brands to get them to fund and support that. Um, and so those are our two biggest goals. It's really launching this community, but understanding how our brand partners can really be a part of what we're doing. We are, we are challenging them to step up to the plate of, hey, like, you know, you're always there for your demographic or you're always there for these women when they're at their best. We're challenging you to be there for women when they may not be at their best. And how are you doing that with your branding? Um, let us help you be a part of that. And so that's kind of twofold, our, our, our biggest North Stars for 2021. Um, and hopefully the, the last goal is being able to get all those wonderful 300 plus beauties off of our wait list. We're hoping to be able to expand our operations to be able to have every woman that requests a box get one every single month from Say Beautiful Foundation. I absolutely love that. It's amazing. Like, obviously, like, I know it must be like, oh my God, no, we have a waiting list because you want to help everyone. But like, <laughs> yeah. it just shows that what you're doing really matters and that it's really resonating, you know, with that community and people are loving it. You know what I mean? So I hope that that encourages, you know, yeah, I was say the donations, that would be yeah. like my, my pull. Like, don't you want to get these women off the wait list? God, yep. We need more yeah. support. Like get these ladies off this wait list. Like the demand is there. We need yep. your support to make it happen. Yeah. Are you super familiar with Give Kids the World? I'm not. Okay, so Give Kids the World is a nonprofit that's in the Orlando area. Um, and it was started by like a couple. And basically, they have all of these little houses and families who they have a child that is facing a terminal illness uh -huh. will come out for a week and it, they just get like an, a wonderful vacation. And so they partner with the theme parks. They go to Disney, they go to SeaWorld, they go to Universal, and then they have characters come out to give kids the world. Mm -hmm. And then the actual like property itself is bananas. It's amazing. Wild. Like, wow. it's wild. It has like, um, you know, a little salon for like kids. Yeah, they everything have, is um, handicap accessible. So it's yeah, they have friendly. like a Candyland, like life size, like Candyland situation. Oh they wow! Mini golf. They have um, a marigold round. Like I'm sure I'm forgetting. Like they have a theater. They cool. have like tons of things. They have, and then they wow. also they have a pirate ship. <laughs> and then they celebrate like all of the holidays that week. They'll do like Halloween, Christmas, yes. you know, Thanksgiving. Because a lot of times you don't know when your last holiday will yeah. be. Gonna be mm -hmm. You know, you know, uh, when you have a child in that situation. But the reason I bring it up um, for you is because. One time I was volunteering there with my husband and we didn't have pirate costumes and they changed our um, position like last minute. And they're like, we need more people at the pirate party. Go dress up like pirates. Go grab some clothes. We're like, OK, cool. Right. So we walked through the donation building and I literally started to cry Wow. because I had never believed in humanity more. And it was definitely, it was like a time when I was like struggling with my faith and, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. And so literally I'd never seen so much stuff in one room and it was 
oh, so donation. much. Yeah. I, 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 like, I don't even know. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain yeah. how much, like. I worked there when I first yeah. moved here. And I didn't, like, by work, I mean a volunteer because I didn't have a job. So I I worked there, like, And it's, like, Angelica, job. do you know how many? Because it's mostly run on volunteers. They yeah. only have, like, what, it's like, 90%, 20 workers? Yeah. It was, like, it's, like, 95% volunteers. It was, like, 20, at that time, I think it was 20 to 25 full-time employees. And some of those were part-time. Yeah. But. I mm-hmm. was like a full-time volunteer. Like I was there with the other ladies. And that's a, a lot of people do that because yeah. full-time volunteers And it's there. fun. Like, and it really was fun. And I really like, I did, I did everything from full food service to the pool to like everything in between. Ice doing cream the breakfast that you can volunteer you, um, for. It was like, Uber Eats before Uber Eats. So you would deliver the food to the house wow. so that the families wouldn't have to get up. You know, they have ice cream Sunday shop that's open the whole day. So kids can come in and get a banana split for breakfast. Uh, milkshakes all kind of things so it truly it's there's yeah yeah there's like every day there's like anywhere from 50 to 100 volunteers there and their core staff is very small but I do know somebody who worked on their core staff a few years ago she's now at a different foundation but I will put you in touch with her just in case she can give you some insight to uh getting more donations because I you know I hate to see anybody on the waiting list and if anybody knows how to get donations it's them because I've just never seen more donations in my whole life. <laughs> yes. I mean, honestly, you guys also just gave me a great idea for our email marketing because we have a picture of our warehouse stuffed with items that we can send like yes. to our donors and ask. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I feel like that's so, so, so important. So you've worked with like some really, really well-known <laughs> brands, like the Honest brand, SoCycle, Lululemon, like yeah. Milk Makeup. Like, I mean, these are really, really, really well-known brands. <laughs> so how did you go about creating these amazing partnerships for the Stay Beautiful Foundation? And what advice do you have for like nonprofits who are looking to partner with larger brands like that? Yeah, so... Now, I think connection is key. A lot of my uh, genuine connection, let me say that, a mm-hmm. lot of the brands that you're mentioning came from connections with individuals of just speaking about how cancer has affected um, our lives. So for Lululemon specifically, a woman who I am just so blessed to know, um, her name is Kayla, and we met at a yoga event like pri- like a year prior. And we were just talking, you know, I shared what I do and she just shared that she had just lost her mother um, to breast cancer like a few months ago. And then there was another girl that came over and was like, I just lost my mom like a few months before. And so I think I think being in spaces, this was a this was a, um, a yoga event that was, it was called Backbends and Brunch. And it was just bringing women like minded who have a focus of wellness you know, together. And I think that's why it's important to always be in places where you align or have have a have a tribe that's similar to your vibe um because there's always genuine connection to be had there and that was just a conversation that we started and then you know just staying connected a year later she's like hey i love what you're doing with say beautiful foundation i'm actually coming into this role where i'm going to be a lululemon um, ambassador brand ambassador and i would love to have all you featured in whatever way in whatever capacity we can to support the say beautiful foundation And that's kind of like, I really think genuine connections really go far. Um, And I think that, you know, those are hard to create now, especially with COVID. But hey, like I've, I've always, even with COVID, like I have tried to, you know, join either clubhouses or IG lives or things like that, where I can find people of like-mindedness and create that connection and network. I think that's huge in the nonprofit space. I think that's really huge in the business space, honestly. Um, Just like we're talking right now, right? Like, um, and you said you would connect me to the someone that works at Give the, Give Kids the World. Um, I think that just 
just being in certain circles can help build your network and people genuinely want to help you. For other brands um, that maybe, you know, it's a little bit hard to get connected to because let's be honest, that woman that I mentioned, Kayla, was a black woman. So she understood the importance of why Stay Beautiful does what we do. Um, just a little statistic I like to drop here. Black women are 46% more likely to die than any other ethnic group that is diagnosed with breast cancer. And that's due to healthcare disparities. So when she saw that, you know, we, we give boxes to all women with cancer, but our focus is to make sure that we are in those communities and we are uplifting those women who are that statistic because we do not, we want to fill that gap. We want that to stop. We want to provide resources. We want to provide prevention resources and things of that nature. Um, she was like, Hey, we're doing this for Stay Beautiful and that's key. But sometimes you don't always have that person of color or that black person that's rooting for you at these big brands. Like, let's be honest, it's not happening. <laughs> like, there, you know, we it's yeah. hard to find black women in executive roles. It's hard to find black women, you know, in, in roles of power that could make that decision. I mean, I it's it's unfortunate. And that's why, um, you know, in addition to my work at Stay Beautiful, I also work at a company called Salesforce. And I am on a lot of boards, like, you know, internally ERGs that I'm constantly trying to get more diversity in executive roles mm -hmm. or in roles. It's important. It allows us to have a seat at the table. So I will say when you can't have a genuine connection with that one dream brand that you want, right? Like I say, you know, coming prepared with like a pitch is what we usually do and like a one pager. And we just like actually try to find connections or try to ask people um, to connect us to people at those brands if we can find any on LinkedIn. But if not, we're, we're literally probably just pitching like an email, sharing what we do and sharing how they can be a part of our amazing mission. So I'd say it's kind of a little bit of a mix between um, reaching out to these brands like with an intention, but it is a cold ask um, or having a network. And that is when we're blessed to know someone and not only just people of color, like have supported Stay Beautiful, but it always feels like that's like a genuine, like we all want to see other like black women win, um, type of vibe. And so it's, I would say it's kind of like 50, 50% of how we've gotten a lot of those brands. Yeah. The ERG tip is actually a really good idea that I don't think a lot of people know about because most entrepreneurs, depending on like, like Charisma and I, you were kind of like, we weren't in corporate that long. So a lot of people don't think about going to ERGs to try to mm -hmm. get into, you know what I mean, these corporations to get to see the people who look like them. And ERGs, because yes. of last year, a lot of more corporations are actually putting funding behind their ERGs because they're trying to do mm -hmm. the DEI work to avoid having issues and, you know, get called out. Let's be real. A lot of it's just- Yeah, I was going to say, it's call not, it out. <laughs> a lot of it's not really, for honesty purposes, or good, but it's just really, like, but while they're doing it, take advantage of it and really get to know the people who are behind these these yep. corporations and so a lot of people who are in those groups are going to get championed their causes championed a little bit more now mm -hmm. and so this is a really good time if you are a founder of color who are looking for other uh, investors or even you know like you said supporters of your nonprofit to get to talk to those people who are in these companies so that you can start to get your foot in the door somewhere because anywhere yeah. matters right so yeah so, so I'm a systems person. Uh, I get on, this is my day, this is my life. I actually, we, like a couple <laughs> weeks ago, we were talking to someone on the podcast who talked about Notion. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sign up for it now. And now I, I, Notion has taken over our company's uh -oh. life. Uh, it's, it's, it's opened the door to evil. Like, I'm like, I keep <laughs> creating my, like, <laughs> I feel like I have more on the system side than like I have outside. So I do more yeah. systems work than social media any day of the week. 
that is my life as, a, as an entrepreneur. But what three tools do you use every day to at least run the Stay Beautiful Foundation? So it's funny that you brought up Notion because I was introduced to Notion and I just couldn't get the Notion in the ocean. I, I couldn't I couldn't get with it. I, I don't know. It what is it a developer's was. tool. I will 100 percent say it is not good for it's interesting because I have a lot of friends who do use it who aren't tech people. And so I thought it would be more like bubbly and kind of like a Monday, um, which is yeah. more yes. towards the everyday user. You know what I mean? Like it has yes. like that fits. But Notion is very dev oriented, like it's yes. a team, et cetera, because you can build wikis in it. Girl, and thank you for not making me use it. No, I, I would tell you, you wouldn't like it. So it was, it's so interesting yeah. because I'd have half of my, like, I've called them the everyday users, the non tech people, like, but they are bloggers. So I think that is a lot to do with it. Like, people who are bloggers or PR or marketers, I can see the appeal of Notion a little bit for like your everyday kind of entrepreneur who doesn't do a lot of STEM work, a lot of tech work. Notion's not for you. I will say again, a Monday yeah. would be more, even Asana can be as technical as you want it to be. Um, but I, yeah, so I can talk all day. Let me not. I'll let you <laughs> so be, being a tech person working at Salesforce, you know, I appreciate Notion, but I'm definitely on like the marketing side of things mm-hmm. at work. And so I appreciate Monday. So I was just going to say, Monday is my new favorite, my new favorite item. Seriously, I love Monday. Um, Salesforce, we do have Salesforce. Oh, a tip um, for all nonprofits out there. I will scream this to, um, literally scream this from the mountaintops. Salesforce, if you are a 501c3, you are able to get 10 free enterprise licenses. Yep. Of and CRM. we've done that with our church. <laughs> I set yes. up the Salesforce for them. So totally did that. And that is how I got to know Salesforce is through a nonprofit licensing situation. So, yep. Yes. So Charisma, I would totally uh, advise you to start that process. It's pretty simple. Um, And there's so many, and it seems like Angelica can definitely help you um, set it up. I just offered her to you, to, to you but I mean, it seems like that's she's right. done it before. That's normal. That's her anyway, normal in our so situation. She already knows I was going to ask her. <laughs> so I would say you have you have a, a Salesforce trailblazer that can that can help you with that. But I think uh, our CRM, so Salesforce uh, Monday and then also I love um, I love Google Gmail. I love it for a couple of reasons. Um, man, I just love it. Right, like. You have yeah. your tasks, you have your reminders, you have your scheduled send. Another thing that we also have is um, with Salesforce, it's an additional um, piece, but it's called Inbox. And it allows me to log directly all of the emails that I have right into um, right into Salesforce. And additionally, it allows me to see how many times that person opened up my email. So yep. when we talked earlier about like, you know, sending those cold asks to different companies and like asking for your donations... Hey, like, hey, I see you got a chance to, I'll even be bold. Like, hey, I see you got a chance to open this up a few Mm -hmm. times. You know, should I put some time on your calendar? (laughs) Maybe that's a bit forward, but like when you're out here asking for money, you got to do it. Yeah, Yeah. I definitely, um, what what were we using? We were using a different CRM that is built into Google. um, And that is our lifeline of knowing, um, you know, who opens our proposals and who opens our emails. So we can see there's actually some people we pitch years ago and they still open these emails they've never like we've never worked with them so it's very interesting to have those stats <laughs> just to see if they're utilized they're obviously using our proposal as a benchmark you know what i mean like we were probably too expensive for them nine times out of ten that's what yeah. happens but they use that proposal as a benchmark like there's people two three years ago that we or i see people open it and then we get an email randomly i'm like 
two, three, right. four, five years ago. Um, so definitely having a CRM tool that's built into your inbox that's connected to let you know how much an email and who's it open by and, you know, kind of where mm-hmm. they are and that type of stuff. That stuff is important because it really does help you, like you said, with an ask yeah. as a nonprofit or as a for-profit. Like that stuff, those statistics yeah. really help you close the sale, as we would say. So, you know what I mean? So that type mm-hmm. of thing. One other My thing. Yeah. One other thing that um, that I love also to to talk about is email marketing. And, and it's somewhere that we have not been able to we have not used it to the best of our ability. Again, we got to give ourselves grace. Right. But we are actually moving into a space where we are going to start segmenting our audiences. And email marketing is a way that you can make money or make donations in your sleep um, as a nonprofit. You can have scheduled sends. You can have journeys where, you know, you're you're putting your these corporate sponsors on a journey. Maybe like the first month is, hey, check out what we're doing here. We did this with Lululemon or we did this with such and such. And then they're like, hey, we kind of want to do something with Stay Beautiful. So to constantly be in someone's inbox is also another great way to keep people engaged and to have donors. So we are looking at a couple different email systems. But honestly, any email system is great when you're segmenting your different audiences and you're putting them on a journey as well. Because, again, that's constantly it's. It's a little bit easier, you know, as nonprofits, we're always, we're on the phone, we're doing grassroots mm-hmm. things, but to have some emails go out, it's, it also is kind of like a, it's, it's a heavy lift to set up, but I think it's, it's definitely worth it in the end. Yeah. I'm super excited about getting that set up because I know it's going to be one of those things that, you know, we're going to feel as if like, even though technically we'll have already done the work, but in the moment it's going to feel like, oh, I'm doing work that I'm like not even doing. I like anything that I can set up and like not worry about for a long time. I'm a yes. big fan of that. I'm like batch working. Like I'm a big fan of that. So if I'm like in a mood for something, I can just knock all of it out and mm-hmm. then like not think about it again. That's always like an ideal situation for me. Yes. I love it. Um, I love back the idea of batch work. Um, yeah. But we have shared so much. Like, honestly, I I hope that like your podcast has been on for five years. Like you guys have amazing audiences. Like I hope there's some nonprofit people out there, like, or people that have been thinking about starting that cause. Like yeah. I hope we I hope that we've inspired you. Um, and I hope that I've been able to give some great and helpful tips. And this is great because like I said on my to-do list, I've always wanted to share a little bit more about my journey as a founder and some tips and tricks and lessons learned and wins and losses. And so um, you guys have inspired me maybe to put that on my my kind of like uh, second half of the year um, goal list. So, so thank you so much for having me. Of course. Yeah, we love to hear the story. I mean, like I was already just pulled in with like your mission and your site is beautiful, but it's like it's so important to hear like the story of you know, how things came to be. And I love when nonprofits are transparent. And I think that that's something nowadays that a lot of people are starting to think about, like, what am I giving my money to, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's a business that they're, you know, like purchasing goods from, or it's a nonprofit they're donating to, people kind of want to know. Our generation is really big into knowing, like, what is it, what's what's happening, what's going on? Because I think what's happened over the years is there's a lot of these nonprofits that, you know, have kind of gone unchecked. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to name them, but I will say that I have had people who've worked at some, um, nonprofits that are huge, 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 like very large names, um, you know, $35 million budgets. And I've had people who I know well, who work there, people can put those dots together. Yes. Um, I think and- I'm already, I already have a few that I think you're talking about. So yes, I'm following. <laughs> and the thing is, is that, you know, 
you you end up finding out that on the inside they're not doing the work that they say that they're going to do. So I see a lot of and there's again there's a lot like I said there's a lot of gatekeeping in those situations. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like diversity hires that are oh, we're going to roll out this person of color just for these meetings because that's a thing to do, but we're going to keep all of the money and all of, you know, whatever up at the top with an all white board and everything like that. So I think we're seeing a lot of people come into the nonprofit space, um, you know, whether it's starting, you know, your own like we have or working and supporting them like Angelica has, who are, you know, of color or who are, you know, just more transparent, who have different missions, because we all have different needs, right? Um, and so if only one type of community is getting to make nonprofits and getting to to give out those services, they're not going to know what all the other communities need. So I just love seeing like more diversity in this space. And I love, you know, seeing different people get to come in and share their expertise and share their opinions and just kind of, you know, again, do all these great things that just make the world truly a better place, which is amazing. Um, so we're really big on balance here. We're big on mental health. We're big on self-care. And, you know, that's where it's like the heart and the hustle, not just straight up hustle all the time. So we really want to know what are three things that you do every day that help you live a more balanced life? Because you obviously have a lot on your plate, but it seems like you are doing pretty well as far as like your mental health goes as well. Yes. Um, the three things I'd say that I must have to live a balanced life. The first thing is I'm a huge, huge Calm app user. Um, Once I saw LeBron James was also using the Calm app, I kind of (laughs) felt like, you know, well, I could do anything. LeBron James uses the Calm app. I use Calm app. Actually, they reached out to me earlier this year and sent me a box and a T-shirt. And when I tell you guys, like, I have been using the Calm app for years when I wasn't very much in a space where I was able to take a hold of my mental health that really, really helped me. And so for that, I've always just, I've always just shared that the Calm app has helped. Now I did try Headspace for a little bit. Um, The voice is a little odd for me, the Headspace voice. Now I know some people like that voice, but I like the voice of, um, I'm trying to remember her name, uh, Tara. I think her name's like Tara. And she has like a very soothing voice on, um, on Calm app. And so that really helps me. There's also like amazing, amazing sleep stories from like actual celebrities that are like, like talking you to sleep and telling stories. And I'm just like, yes, um, I love it. And I meditate every single morning for 10 minutes. So whatever that daily meditation is, I'm always meditating. That is like a huge part of my balance. I love meditating. I think I don't, when there's a day that I don't meditate, like throughout the day, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I didn't meditate this morning. Like, that's why, like, that just annoyed me when I spilled my coffee. Um, and then the second thing, I wouldn't say I don't go to therapy every day. That would be very expensive and very intensive. But um, therapy, you know, I think that I think that when you are leading a life where you're investing into so many others and you're helping so many others, it's good to have therapy. I mean, it's good to have someone that's like not your friend that maybe like you know, unintentionally gaslighting you, but someone that like actually has like, you know, um, a background in setting boundaries and expectations and, and self and self worth and self value and all those things. So therapy is another thing that I, that I invest in. And then, um, lastly, it's just my tribe. I can't say it enough. Like, you know, my therapist, I like to think that she's my friend, but she's really not, you know, she's like, <laughs> she's like I don't know if you guys ever heard your mom's like, girl, I'm not your friend. Like, you know, but yep. yeah. <laughs> Yes. That's a whole another reason. That's a whole another story because I actually read that that's like it's not 
a great thing to say, but that, that's a whole nother story. But mm -hmm. my therapist is not my friend. So I have to find women that are, that are also in a similar boat, whether that be healing, you know, childhood trauma or, um, you know, at the same stage of their life, trying to get to that next promotion or dealing with microaggressions or spaces where you're, it's commonalities of what we're dealing with and what we're going through. And there's safe spaces to talk about them. Um, whether they're in their entrepreneurship life or just friends I've, you know, found along the way with yoga, um, or working out. And then I know it's only three, but also like, I would say, um, just being, having movement. So, like working out, um, but either with my trainer or doing some yoga or just having movement. I realized even though I hate to work out, I'm the laziest, I'm the hardest working, laziest person ever, but I, I feel better after. And so always like getting those endorphins up from movement is always a great balance as well. So I would definitely say investing in therapy, um, finding kind of your morning mantra to set your day right, mind's meditation, um, and then finding your tribe and then just like adding some movement into that daily. I love that, especially because I feel the same way about movement and literally every day it's such a struggle for me to like do something. And then after I do it, I always turn to John and I'm like, wow, like I feel great. And he's like, this is literally a daily thing with you where you, can, <laughs> you should you do it. You forget every time. <laughs> Man. And when I'm like home, Angelica has to like force me to go outside as well. Cause I'll be like, oh, I don't feel good. And she's like, cause you have not seen the sun. Like I need you to go outside. And I'm like, oh yeah. And then I'll go outside and I'm like, oh my God, like I feel amazing. So, <laughs> but that's why it's so important to do like to push yourself to do those little things daily because they make such a big difference, you know, when they yeah. all add up. Like you said, you don't go to therapy daily, but it's like going, you know, once a week or every other week or whatever, it's like, it makes you tune into those things that you need to be aware of throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Go ahead and let our listeners know where they can find out more information about the Stay Beautiful Foundation so they can support, possibly request a box if they need one, and hopefully yes. donate. Yes. Yeah, so you can find us on um, the staybeautifulfoundation.org. Our Instagram is Stay Beautiful Foundation. Our Facebook is Stay Beautiful Foundation as well. We haven't... Um, navigated over to Twitter too much. But um, so I would say those are our two platforms where you can find us requesting a box. You can do that online again at our website, staybeautifulfoundation.org. There's also times where I talk about being a founder on my personal Instagram. So you can go to that at Ashley Marie C and that's A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H-M-A-R-I-E-C. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I learned so much and I'm so excited for our listeners to learn as well. Thank you so much for having me.